Thank you for joining us on this episode of From My Cup. This is a continuation of our episode on leadership. Enjoy. Okay. So when we got into, when we decided to talk about leadership and coming at it from my experience, which I had mentioned briefly, my first thought on this topic, and it's usually my first thought when I, um, when we do these, these teachings is say, okay, well, what did Jesus say about it? Like, that's always the first thing I want to run to is like, okay, what did Jesus say about this topic? So that was definitely what I did here. Um, and I have, I also have a lot of scriptures and I have a lot, a lot of, uh, big chunk ones. So I'll start right off with Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And this is right after the sons of Zebedee and their mother came up to Jesus and asked if one could stand on his right side and one on his left side when he came into his kingdom. And Jesus Christ was like, you don't know what you're asking and I can't give you that. That's not mine to decide who sits on my right and who sits on my left. Mm -hmm. And the disciples were all upset with the sons of Zebedee for it. And so this is starting off from that point. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And then here I have a parable in Matthew 24, uh, verses 45 through 51. This is Jesus speaking. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day that he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint his portion to the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of warning there. Mm. Um, the way, the way that I see it and the more the scriptures that I read, I, my point was that first of all, I hate the word leader and I hate the word leadership. I really do. I really have, if it's at all used to describe another human being, I really hate it. And that's really spoken against in the Bible. You know, like, like Jesus says not to call, not to call anyone on earth, your father. And of course we break that Mm -hmm. all the time, right? We call our dad, dad. Yeah. And he even goes so bold as to say that you only have one father and that is your God in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so when I was, was offered this quote unquote leadership position, it just grated on me and I couldn't quite figure out why at first. Um, and, and finally, as I was diving into the scripture on it, this is, what finally came to me. And the point that I really want to bring out is how we're all servants 
all of us are servants to Christ alone. And it says here, the master, will, if he has a faithful and wise servant, he will put him over his household to give them food in due season. And to me, that's that speaks of exactly what you described, these ministers, these elders, these, um, I already forgot the words, but these deacons, <laughs> these people, yeah, deacons and such. I don't remember what the other one, overseers, mm-hmm. right? Overseers. I, I liked that word mm. because it's just a servant who has proven themselves faithful and wise. Mm-hmm. And that's why they get this quote unquote leadership position. It's not about leadership. You're not leading. Only God is leading. Mm. Well, we had we had kind of assigned the the leadership concept, I think, because that's not really what it is, is it? No, it's a it's an overseeing position. It's just that mm-hmm. this is like you kind of organize the church, mm-hmm. and I think that one of the things because you, you know how I had mentioned that I was going to go Old Testament and try to see for like Moses. There's this, mm-hmm. this, there's the story where his sister and Aaron kind of are like, but we're appointed too. Like, why are we as great as yeah. Moses? And and she's stricken down with leprosy. And God's like, wait seven days for her to suffer through this. And you're not allowed to leave until then. Just keep her outside the camp until she's better. Yeah. And I didn't do that because I think that the role of, I, I mean, I'm going to say this carefully because I... Moses was the only one who could really talk to God at that time. The door to be in God's presence was very limited for most people and and not like the ways that it was to those who were appointed or mm-hmm. like the the Levite uh is it was it the Levites the the were anointed the pastors like only that tribe was supposed to be pastors I think. I don't know. I, I shouldn't be saying so. these things. <laughs> that that is true there was like the the specific tribe that was um like the yeah i know what you're talking about but i don't remember what word was actually attached to it we're so yeah, bad <laughs> i know I, it's it, it's probably only we because have really bad memories guys yeah it's probably only yeah it, it is probably only because i am not an authority and i'm and i'm trying very desperately not to be that i don't want to say anything with so much assurity so much yeah. assuredness as to say that that's what it was Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it with a grain of salt. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I didn't want to go that route because everyone is open to God and has that ability to be with God now. And it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And though Moses was a servant, and I think that the, those leadership roles really haven't changed that much. I think almost the weight of them is slightly different. I'm not going to say more or less, but they mm-hmm. look a, they look a lot I, different. I agree, especially because a lot of those those figures, and again, this is something to say carefully. A lot of those figures, God found the person who was truly uh, turning their heart towards Him, but He really had a special relationship with those people because. Abraham and Moses and Noah, their lives, the miracles that God used them for were parables for Jesus. Mm, And so that's kind of like where that, what you're talking about, kind of that special access that was very rare at that time because your access to God was through the law and it still is through the law that has not diminished. 
that has simply been perfected in Christ. Yeah. And we have access through Christ. So that hasn't diminished at all. But it's certainly a little bit easier for us because we have that access through Christ and Christ had not yet come. So a lot of the the people in the Old Testament, they had this access through people like Abraham and, and Moses and Noah and them. Mm. And it was because Jesus, uh, God was painting the idea of Jesus. You know, he was telling a parable mm. through these people's lives. So I get what you're saying there. Yeah, because we're not supposed to be made just believers. We're supposed to be made disciples. Mm-hmm. That's the end goal. And I think that, you know, they they didn't have access to the Holy Spirit, but we do and you do. And, mm-hmm. and it's a bit different so i didn't want to go that route for that reason yeah and i had something to do with what you said what you read but that is now far gone (laughs) (laughs) but i think but because what we're because we went through all the rules and regulations like more like the structure but Mm -hmm. now it's these scriptures are talking about okay but who do the people who organize the church supposed to look like who is this person that Mm -hmm serves God in that way that they're a teacher and it's Mm -hmm. that they are a servant and they are made very low and I think that's why I wanted to open the door for these scriptures with the examples from Paul is because what he's saying he's like I'm willing to suffer I'm pouring myself out like a cup which is Mm -hmm. one of them I didn't stick in there I I'm doing this all for the sake of others and it was hard and it took a lot out of him and he sacrificed a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the type of person that gets ordained those positions by God mm-hmm. because they serve more than everyone else. And that's that's really the picture that we wanted to paint here. Um, and I'll read I'll read a couple more scriptures that I think spell that out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I have here Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it you were you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be least of all and servant of all. And this is one of those scriptures that I had mentioned this immediately went into Jesus talking about the importance of children and caring for children, which is something I want to do a podcast about as well. Jumping to John thirteen twelve through 17. So when he had finished washing their feet and had put on his garments, he sat down again and said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher, master, and the Lord, and you are right in doing so, for that is what I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Um, And I think I'm going to kind of just keep on reading because it's all kind of repetitive and and painting the picture Mm, point that I wanted to make. Philippians 2, 1 through 11. 
Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be an equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hmm. And then I have Romans six fifteen through 23. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine of which you were delivered. And when... And having been set free from your sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves in sin, you were free in regard to righteousness." What fruit did you have then in the things in which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit of holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And then this last thought I really wanted to point out. Galatians three twenty six through 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the binding ties might not have been abundantly clear since i haven't really spoken on it much but the thing that stood out to me constantly was this idea um that we are called to serve and there's no there god doesn't grant you authority unless you've proven yourself to serve Mm -hmm. and one thing i wanted to write out but i got lazy and i didn't write it out was the parable of the talents God, uh, Jesus told the parable that a master, he gave out the talents to three different servants according to their abilities. Mm -hmm. And there was, you know, there was the servants that 
multiplied it, and then there was a servant that didn't. The servant that didn't, what he had was taken from him. And the servants that multiplied it, the thing that I wanted to point out is God said, you have proven yourself to be faithful in a little. Now, you know, you will be faithful in much. Mm -hmm. And so he gives them more authority. Yeah, I was thinking about that while you were reading. I'm like, mm -hmm. that parable was in my head. I was like, that responsibility we have, I gave you the the word and I gave you grace. And then you just kind of sat on it and Mm -hmm. you know that I am a I'm going to say righteous. I know that's not the word righteous man. And then I, and then I reap what I do not sow. Mm-hmm. So you should have at least put it in the bank so I could have got interest on it. Mm-hmm. And then his one gets given to the one who reaped the, the most. most. Yeah. Made yeah. the most. Everyone has a little bit of this responsibility inherently. Absolutely. But the people of, of overseer or elder more so and it is a prerequisite to be these forms in the most a servant who is laid down to christ yeah yeah i wanted to read those scriptures where it says that you were a slave to christ yeah because i think that's really lost on us we had talked about this before i think that's just so lost on our culture as americans what it is to be a servant and what it is to serve and what it is to be a slave. But that really is what we are. Mm. I I think the point that I wanted to bring out is leadership should not be something that we're striving for in the sense of leadership. And that's why we labeled it this because that's how it was. That's how it's presented so much. I hear Mm. that everywhere. That's such a worldly view to be a good leader, you know, and like what that looks like. And I I heard that so much in college. Like you hear that so much everywhere. Like it's, you know, and like the, like the alpha male people and the alpha female people, you know, and it's like, what's a good leader? And it's, it's such a, a push right now. And so that's why we wanted to talk about it. What, what God says leadership is, but it's, it's a concept that I've heard said so much in the church, in, in the church, excuse me, leadership skills and this and that. Yeah. And that's when it was being presented to me, like, you know, we need to be setting up leaders. As I just keep on hearing that over and over and over. We need to be setting up the next level of, of leaders. And it's like their description of that isn't necessarily wrong, but the focus is. And I was yeah. being like offered this, like you need to. I, I want you to to start working on your like your leadership role in this. And so I was like, there's something not right about that. And so then I, I just dove right into what does Jesus say about it? Mm-hmm. You know, whoever wants to be great must be the least. Yeah. And the way that I see it through those parables that we read and that parable that we talked about, you know, you, these these people that take on these authoritative roles in the church, because there has to be structure. Structure is necessary um, and anything to do with humans, especially. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That gets set up, that gets ordained. It gets ordained by people through, or I should say by God through people, because it's going to be the people that, you know, we just had a description of what these people should look like. And that's because those are the type of people who have served, who have lowered themselves. And so our focus shouldn't shouldn't at all be 
about being good leaders. Our focus should be being good servants. Absolutely. I agree. And when I finally like got that definition change in my mind, I was like, okay, all I need you to do then to this person that was, you know, like asking this of me, I was like, I just need you to tell me that you need more help. I will gladly show up early and set up, stay late and clean up and help you run this program. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like that's what, that's how you needed to present it to me because that's the godly way of presenting it. It's just, it's the thing that I think that grosses me out about it is it's trying to appeal to your flesh and not the spirit. So why are you trying to appeal to my pride and not my heart of that God's given to me? Do you re- do you think that I'm not saved or something like? <laughs> right. It's like appeal to the born again spirit within me, not the not my flesh, please. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's just being and that's, picky, and that's why. But... No, but I I agree. I was a little like insulted by it, and I still am a little insulted by it when it's like dangled in front of me. Like be a know? leader. It's like yeah, that's I, I not do. what you're I asking for. Insulted about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it's That's like, funny. do you think I'm so egotistical that I need to hear that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I hate it, but it that word brings out ego. But I think what I wanted to point out is that Jesus' description, if he puts you in a place of authority, he puts you in a place to serve the most. So yeah. if you find in that in an area, like this is something I really wanted to to talk about because it's something that God has repetitively brought up to me and been teaching me on if there's an area of your life that you could be called a leader and every single one of us has that somewhere especially if you're married especially if you have kids Mm. you have a role of you know quote-unquote leadership you have a role of authority and what that authority is is its responsibility yeah and according to jesus and according to god your focus should be to serve and that's how you become a leader. And even just a like a small, tiny example that I wanted to give, because I, I want to once again bring out the point that there's a certain level of this that I think, I think people feel like this is something you just take on blind faith, that it takes a supernatural work from God for this to ever work for you. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think this is, once again, this boils down to that concept where we've been talking about God commands these things because this is simply how it works. Mm -hmm. And a tiny example of that is when we started this podcast, it's funny because this is something that we later learned you had actually (laughs) been contemplating for a few years and I had actually been contemplating for a few (laughs) years. (laughs) But I was, I do not have a mind for like the editing side of things and the technical side. Like I really don't. I had looked into it a couple of times and could not make any sense of it whatsoever. (laughs) So when you presented it to me, I was a little hesitant because I didn't want to leave all the work in your lap. And finally, I was like, well, I'm not going to deny her either in case she's completely on board with that. Like, that would be stupid of me. (laughs) So I was like, why don't we just have a completely open conversation about this? And I was like, listen. I do not have a mind for the technical side of this. I was like, listen, I am happy to dive into scripture and to, you know, get these studies going and to have these conversations with you. I said, if like genuinely you are okay with doing the editing and the technical side of things. And you were like, absolutely. I'd love to do that. 
I was like, the I wasn't even going to ask you to do that. <laughs> I was never going <laughs> to yeah, ask exactly. you to do that. <laughs> and the next, but literally the next day, you had the whole thing spelled out. You were like, this is how it works. You had the microphones picked out. I'm like, cool, happy to buy the microphone. Just keep on doing the technical side of things. But to my point, this is actually your podcast. I am a consistent guest. You are the quote unquote leader of this podcast. You're the administrator of this podcast. You end up deciding what these things get titled. You decide how these things get presented because you're the one who does all the work. You're the one who figured out the program. You're the one who edits it. I'm sick to so my you're stomach. You're the one who puts it out there. I know. No, it's okay. You're the one who puts it out there. And so simply that act, I mean, neither of us are worried about like leader, seriously. Neither of us could care less about who's the leader of this podcast. You know what I mean? But as far as the technical side of things, you are technically the leader. Why? Because you put all the work in. You're the one who set it up. Like mm, these things yeah. are not simply to be taken on blind faith. I think you should be absolutely willing to. I'm a huge advocate for blind faith. You should just take it and run whether it makes sense to you or not when it comes from the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, even the things that you can't understand that you can't even accept yet. Just be willing to believe that they're true on blind faith. I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm a huge advocate for that. But this is simply the way that it works, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we had talked about, we want to link, um, and I'll send it to you. I'll find it again, and I'll send it to you. Um, a sermon by Pastor Carter Conlon where he spoke on this. And he spoke on um, family structure in this. Mm -hmm. And spoke to men on this and that is not something I would ever pretend I had the authority to do right. I was simply very moved by what he said yeah and so I'd like to link it in case that's that's interesting to somebody in case they want to hear more of a sermon on it and you know I just shared my personal story with trying to define um the difference between you know leadership and and serving and what that actually looks like to Christ mm -hmm. he shares his story and the success that he's had in correcting his view on this, on pursuing Jesus's definition of this, so we want I, we want to link that because it was mm -hmm. really good. I was really moved by it. Mm -hmm. um, and he's somebody that what he talked about and the way that he presented it was very well. And I feel like it would um, speak to a group of people that maybe my personal personal story and my personal perspective wouldn't. And so just to mm -hmm. you know kind of have a more encompassing idea on this. Yeah. Because I really think it is it is the backbone to I think relationships into the oh, assembly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> because like like we've talked about, we all have a place of authority in life. Whether we acknowledge it or not, you know, if even if we run away from it, which I have been guilty of doing at certain points in my life, I'm like, no, <laughs> nobody listens to me. <laughs> and so you just neglect it. Well, you're responsible for that, like it or not. You know, and that's the hard truth that I'm trying to um, take more responsibility for. But the fact, the fact of the matter is, we have responsibility, and it's better to just acknowledge that. And I think this idea of like you have to be charismatic and you have to be a leading personality—it's so false. Mm. And it's actually been proven, even in excuse me, even in the worldly structures that has been proven to be false. Like everything that Jesus has said has been proven to be true. This isn't just, I mean, he, Jesus himself says right here that we are to be different, right? From the Gentiles and the Gentiles, 
was uh, a word used to describe anybody that wasn't a Jew, but it very quickly got turned into anyone that wasn't a Christian in um, in the New Testament is usually what that's kind of referencing. And so it's like, yes, we are to stand apart. We are to look different. We are to pursue these structures differently, the structures in the church. But even in real life, like these things are simply reality. And I actually, funny enough, I was thinking of this as I was preparing this. I hadn't thought about it beforehand at all. But I actually saw this little clip um, and it was, you know, it was, it was along those lines of those people that are all about success, how to be a billionaire, whatever. <laughs> those yeah. people. And uh, funny enough, it was like a little clip of a podcast and it was somebody talking about it. And he was like, think about the richest, most successful men in the world, like Elon Musk, Bill Gates, um, whoever the Facebook guy is. He had like some examples. Exactly. He was like, what do those guys have in common? And he's like, they're, and I hate this term. I hate this term, but I'm going to quote this guy. He said, they're beta males. He's like, they're not alpha males. He said, they're introverted, quiet, socially awkward men. But what are they? They're the guys who put the work in. Yeah. They're not the guys who led charismatically. Like, he's like, historically, he's like proven over and over in society, those are not the guys who are quote unquote good leaders. The people who put the work in, who truly are passionate about what they're doing, and he didn't say it, but basically the people who truly serve those around them, those are the people that inspire people to follow them. Mm-hmm. Like this has been proven even in psychology, you know. That's not to say that if you serve, you're suddenly going to become Bill Gates. Probably no. quite the opposite. Not in <laughs> no, Jesus' no. terms, not in any way. No, 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 no. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for saying that because I'm not promoting that at all. No, <laughs> uh, no, just my only point being that this isn't just a wild command that we're meant to follow no matter how difficult it is. There is some truth to that, you know. We, You had the scriptures where Paul was talking about he has suffered for our sake. To, you know, he went through everything he went through to spread the gospel, wrote it all down while he was miserable, and he did that for our sake, even today, you and me. Mm-hmm. But he served. We're all servants and I, I had that last scripture I really wanted to, to have, mm-hmm. that there is no Jew nor Gentile. Nor, well, he said Jew nor Greek. There is no slave nor free. There is no men or woman in God's eyes. We are all equally servants. And we are called to serve. And those who serve faithfully will be given more responsibility, which will end up being these authoritative roles. But that comes from a consistent loyalty to serve, to put everyone else's needs before yours. These are the type of people. And we should all be striving for that. And it shouldn't be like, you know, he corrected the the uh, disciples. They were they wanted to know, well, who's going to be the greatest? You know, who is the best? Who is in authority? This and that really harks back to this idea of who's in charge. And God said, you want to be in charge? Be the slave. Be the servant. And when you adjust your mind to that, there's so much freedom in it. There really is. When you're like, you know what my job is? My job is to serve whoever's around me at the moment and to just put the the extra effort in. Mm -hmm. And the God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Mm -hmm. But that should never be your focus. It will happen. And I don't think you should shy away. I I I just think if you're concerned or if you're tired, you should remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like God will reward you. He has always rewarded all of his people. If you are 
an ambassador for Christ, if you're an ambassador for the living God, you'll always have the best. Yeah. But it will never be to the extent of just you living like a king. It will be to the extent of you representing him mm-hmm. as a servant. You know, we are, you and I are servants. You know, Pastor Carter Conlon, he is a fellow servant. He has been given extra responsibility that has not been given to you and I because he proved himself to be faithful in what he was given. And so he was given more. Yeah. And that's where these leader, these quote unquote leadership positions come from. They come from serving, you know, Hmm. I think in the family structure, just playing in your life structure, you know, I've, I've been reminded of that working with my nephews. Obviously I don't have kids. I'm not married. I don't have kids. So that's not something that's in my life, but I have my nephews, you know, I have my students and it's like, you have these authority positions in your life that have been given to you because you proved yourself to be faithful. You know, if you're, if you're left in charge of the kids, it's because you've been proven to be trustworthy with kids, right? Yeah. You know, you, you know, that it's that person knows that you're going to follow their rules for their kids. Or even then your coach said that his daughter watches you. (laughs) You just don't know. You can't always know who's looking at you. And I think that you need to be made aware of that at some point in your walk Mm -hmm. that they're, that you're just, you carry around some responsibility and Mm -hmm. God's going to equip you for it. It's his scripture that um, makes us complete in that. And I think that's the most important thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You, you find this, this, um, call to serving through reading the scripture you know i don't i don't understand how people can read the scripture consistently and miss that i've certainly met people who do you know like like we're talking about there are those pastors they come up with their sermon and i'm like have you been reading that (laughs) because then they don't they don't live it out you know it's like you're i don't understand how you can be consistently in the scripture and not live this out and if you're consistently Blindness. living it out, yeah, if you're consistently living it out, then you will be given this responsibility. But I think this this call to leadership that I'm hearing and seeing everywhere is a call to ego and it's a call to man-made constructs and it's not the call of Christ. Call, yeah. God calls us to serve and that's really what I wanted to talk about. But like I said, we we titled it Leadership because... I know for me, that's how it was brought up to me yep. when I really started. I needed to define this because that's what I was hearing and that's yeah. what I'm consistently hearing. So that's why we wanted to title it that is, okay, what does that actually look like according to God? What does <laughs> that actually look like according to Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I might not enter this just for time's sake, but it was really interesting when you were reading Romans and this idea, it's comparing when we were slaves to sin and then we have to be slaves to God through Jesus. I think of being a slave to sin being like, like your flesh comes up with like, you want to do something gluttonous and not having a whim about you to say no, Mm -hmm. not having a, like not, having anything to call to mind like hey that's that's not good yeah like just being brought under sin and being a slave to it 
mm-hmm. that there's this really wonderful thing that it com- there comes a point where you're a slave in that same way to Jesus. And yeah. I want to be like that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, me too. <laughs> but that you're so you're so trained that that you that you can have that like Jesus says something to you in that way and you're like, "Yep." <laughs> I have no whim about me to say otherwise. I would love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that is a nature that is a gift. And people yes. read that. And I know that, like, not understanding or not led or people who don't have any... Or just, like, don't take the time to dig that apart or, or to piece it apart or who haven't read it enough times for the Holy Spirit to be like that says something more <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean but just yeah. that as much as it says that like servants or sometimes slaves it's not it's always been our choice to do so yeah. there's ultimately a level of choice to that and you have to choose to constantly serve you have to choose to constantly put yourself lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it says there, he like he says like don't deceive yourself and and um. You're slaves to what you bind yourself to. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in this life, we bind ourselves to things, kind of no matter what. And it's that concept of you're gonna end up being a slave to something, no matter what. Don't let it be to your your gluttony and your laziness and to your sin. Let it be towards pursuing the things of God. Because you're going to come under the bondage, is what he's saying, of whatever you give into, whatever you... Let me try and find the words for it here. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey... You are that one slaves whom you obey. So he's saying, like, whoever, you're, you're going to obey something. We, we just do. Yeah, whatever not, you obey, you know. you're a slave to. <laughs> yeah, that's just the concept of it. And if you're going to obey every whim and lust that crosses your mind, then yes, you're a slave to it. But mm-hmm. if you obey the things of God, then yes, you're a slave to God, but it's your choice who you obey. And that feels contradictory at first glance, you know, to say slave and then to say choice. Yeah. But when you spend a little more time with it, you you understand. And that's another thing that's even been proven in psychology. Yeah. I've heard that just... talked about from worldly sources as well. Yeah. If you think about it's almost addiction, like, yeah, it's like you're a slave to it. It's not... I think I just know because of the, of that deceitful thought and heart and the war that goes on that people that's probably been twist twisted wrongly. Mm-hmm. And it's more talking about your mindset. Yeah. And how you are a slave to it no matter what. And that you might as and that you need to be and need to retrain yourself to have a mindset set on God because then you will be serving God because you're a slave mm-hmm. to that. Whatever you commit yourself to, you're a slave to it. And you should be committing yourself to God. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a concept that I saw like a little clip somebody going over that in like from a psychological point of view, from a psychology point of view. Talking about if something crosses your mind and you don't question it, you don't um evaluate it, you just respond to it instantly, then that like and I might be saying this wrong, but I want to say that they said that can be classified as like an addiction. Like if you offer no resistance to whatever that desire is, then you're addicted to it. And that's basically the same as being a slave to it, right? If you offer no resistance to whatever thought crosses your brain, whatever desire crosses your brain, then you're a slave to it. And that's what this is talking about. And it's so funny because um, obviously psychology is really booming right now. It's really being so much of a thing. And it's always so funny to me listening to them define things that ministers have been saying for years they're like this new psychological study it has proven this concept and i'm like yeah preachers have been preaching that for years yeah. it's like, <laughs> and it's so I'm funny sure to me listening what jesus to said i'm pretty sure that's how jesus said it <laughs> yeah. worked anyway so yeah, yeah exactly it's so funny to me watching these um or like, listening to these uh therapists try and do what ministers have been doing for years and it's like psychology no no true Christian has ever denied psychology. It's simply one of the puzzle pieces to life that ministers have been dedicating their lives to helping people sort out for years. Mm. You know, it's like there's this physical life and there's this psychological life and there's this spiritual life. And you're never going to truly help people when you're only using two of those three. Yeah, That's why, that's yeah. why ministers that's why ministry that's why people are called to that to help people sort out and to connect those three aspects of our reality they're not separate and you yeah. can't separate them and that's why psychology continues to fall short but it's so interesting to watch them just prove the scriptures over and over and over again i'm like yeah i already knew that thanks <laughs> until they try to stretch it like they do with all oh, things yeah. to not fit because it can't how dare it yeah align it's, with the bible always, no <laughs> yeah they're trying so hard to kick the bible out of it and i'm like you're working so hard not to use the same words aren't you it must be a lot of effort to try and make sure that it doesn't sound like the bible yeah it's very sad thank you for joining us on this episode of from my cup please join us fridays on any of your local podcast listening stations for new episodes now join us on YouTube for shorter 20-minute clips. We hope to see you there. Thank you and God bless you.